everyone. Welcome to Inside Your County Government, a podcast that brings you an inside look at the people and events in and around county government that shape your Charles County. I'm your host, Brent Huber. In this episode, we're talking about the Census 2020 and how important an accurate count is for funding, resources, and everyone. Welcome back. Joining me right now are Lee Osberry, Partnership Specialist with the U.S. Census Bureau, and Amy Blessinger, a Planner 3 and the Census Liaison and Chair of the Charles County Complete Count Committee. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having us. All right. So let's start right at the beginning. Lee, what's the census? (laughs) So the census, the the big thing about the census, uh, every 10 years we have to count the entire population. The reason why we do this is because it's embedded in the Constitution. Uh, census data is used in multiple ways. One, um, when it comes to apportionment of congressional seats, those 435 seats in Congress, they use that information uh, to apportion the seats for, for Congress. The second way is about more than $675 billion annually that comes from the federal government that goes to the states. Uh, and it's all about resources. It's making sure that we have the resources in place uh, to take care of a community. And also the, the last, but certainly not least, is our civic responsibility. Just like voting, just like jury duty, those are like our, our civic responsibilities. For me, and of course I'm a little bit biased when it comes to the census, uh, I think it's more important. Why? Because that information is, is going to be set for 10 years. And it's all about shaping your future with that information. So uh, that's why we do the census. Because the numbers, they can, they can indicate, indicate voting districts and stuff like that. But the real core of this is, I mean, that's a lot of money that gets distributed around the United States. Yes, yes, it is. And the only way we make sure our, we get our fair share. So I, I work for the federal side. I'm a resident of Calvert County, and I work primarily through Southern Maryland. Uh, the only way we make sure each community gets their fair share is by making sure we have a complete and accurate count. And the way we do that is by working through the trusted voices, working with not only the local government, the counties, businesses, nonprofits, schools. We work with everyone because our entire goal is to make sure we have that complete and accurate count. We do everything we possibly can to make sure uh, people are counted so that funding will be available uh, to support the community. Oh, absolutely. And Amy, what's the complete count committee for, for Charles County? Well, the Complete Count Committee um, is made up of all different um, community organizations in the county, from the county government through our departments of health and social services, our United Way, our nonprofits, our NAACP and Lifestyles of Maryland, all the different um, organizations that work with directly with the community. So I'm the, the liaison or like the coordinator for this committee, and I charge our members to go out to the community and do actual outreach to encourage people to respond to the census. Um, the census is something that people could find scary or people say, oh, I don't have time for that. Or what's the point of that? You know, that's just another thing I have to do. Well, the trusted voices, like Lee said, need to go out and tell the um, community, their, their clients, their constituents, hey, this is really important. This is all about funding. This is about your kids, your neighbor, your neighborhood, your schools. It's, it's just really important. And you need, to, um, you need to fill this out so that everyone's counted and then we get um, our fair share of funding. Oh, absolutely. Now, since the last census was 10 years ago, there's been a lot of changes in technology. And this is going to be one of the, this is 
one of the first ones or the first one that you can do online? Yes, this is the first time that we are offering the opportunity that you complete the census online. We're actually encouraging it, but it is a choice. So uh, most people, they have cell phones, right? Right. You can now break out your cell phone and, and complete your census online. You can go... You, of course, traditional way using a computer, laptop, what have you. But again, it's only an option. You still will be able to call in if you, you're more comfortable because you will go to certain communities and they're like, hey, yeah, I just don't trust it. Even though that information, uh, disclaimer, I need to put this out too. Uh, so anytime you, you log into those servers, all the information that you send is going to be encrypted. So it is protected. But the bottom line is that not every community is going to be comfortable with, th- with that. And we understand, which is why we offer the option also so you can call in. So you can call in over the phone, talk to directly to a census worker, and they'll enumerate you that way. Even in that way, too, there are certain people like, hey, you know, what What about this paper copy? I'm used to getting the paper copy, yeah. somebody coming around. That paper copy is still going to come. So just realize that you still have those three options. The difference is in order to save federal funding, which ultimately that's federal funding that can be reinvested into your community, we encourage the first two. But if you wait on that paper copy, realize, so the first mailing is going to be around mid-March. The thing is you won't receive that paper copy until like around mid-April. And that's the whole thing that's going to be on the fourth mailing that you will receive the, the paper copy. So if you don't want to do it online, you don't want to do it over the phone, you still have the option of just waiting on a paper copy. If you haven't responded in any of those ways at all, then that's when we go into what we call non-response follow-up. And that's when people will go door to door, you know, kind of knocking on doors. Hey, just wanted to see if you need help with assistance, you know, filling out your census form and they can enumerate you then and there. Um, so we're just trying to make it as easy as possible, multiple ways for, for people to be able to be enumerated. Now, when you say the paper copy gets mailed out, if I've already filled it out online, will I receive a paper copy? No, you will not. So the way it works, and so another disclaimer, as soon as you complete it online, complete it over the phone. If it is on one of the days, which I, like let's say it's already in the mail, well, yes, it may still come. However, if it hasn't been mailed out, as soon as we can count that, hey, you have been enumerated, you will not receive any more mail. If anything, there may be a response follow-up via phone call. And and those are in special circumstances such as like, oh, okay, not all the answers were filled out or with a split household, like mom and dad are split and they both claim the kids. So it's not like taxes where it's like, hey, who, who gets the money? For us, we, we just want to have an accurate count. Right, right. So we may follow up and say, okay, well, I see – you know, mom claim, dad claim. We're just trying to make sure y'all didn't have like a set of twins that we're <laughs> not aware of and stuff. Uh, we just want to make sure that that is accurate. Yeah, you won't have to worry about anything additional in the mail as long as you complete it one of those two ways. Or again, as soon as you get the paper copy, you send it in. Same thing. You don't have to worry about someone following up, knocking on your door. So when the census goes out and you've gotten responses digitally, you've gotten responses through phone calls, and you've gotten responses through paper, you say that there's this point where you go into this non-response follow-up. Explain exactly what that is and and why that's so important. So with the non-response follow-up, again, our our goal is to have a complete and accurate count. The, The bottom line is that we would hope that 100% of the population is going to take care of the, their census. The reality, just even with talking with people, no, that's just not going to happen. 
but we're going to exhaust every effort to to make sure that we have that count. Meaning, if you haven't responded in any of the three ways, then we're going to start going out into the community with our enumerators, and they will kind of start going door to door to to kind of make sure, hey. Did you receive it? Did you need assistance? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to go ahead and complete it here? Because as you said, there's there's several reasons why. There's definitely a, a high distrust in government right now. But you also have to look at it. We have a mobile population. And that's the thing. It's like when it comes to students, even uh, older populations and stuff, people aren't as, don't stay like in, in one place as, as much as they used to. But on the flip side, it is a challenge because what we're talking about, counting the entire population, we got to make sure that we account for the homeless. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that people that are at near below poverty level, even people that are like in detention centers and stuff, guess mm-hmm. what? They count. They're, they're part Absolutely. of the population and stuff. They have to be counted. So that's part of like our group quarters enumeration. We have to make sure we get into each community regardless of black, white, Hispanic, non-English speakers, we understand like, hey, there are fears, but the bottom line is working with the Complete Count Committee, working with these different organizations in the community, it's all about, hey, what can we do to collaborate to reach those populations and get them educated and motivated to know that, hey, that information is protected. This is why it's so important. This is how it, you know, it kind of hurts the community if you're not counted. And we kind of lean with especially those different services and programs like school lunch when it comes to the roads, when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to just even schools and stuff, Pell Grants, all those different services and stuff are important to people regardless of where you come from and stuff. And so that's why we want to make sure that, you know, people, as many people are accounted as possible. Because it really has this kind of like web or nexus of importance. I mean, it's it's just connected here and it's connected to this and it's connected to that. And and in some respects, the, the same thing happens trying to get the complete count. Because, I mean, Amy, you're reaching out to all kinds of nonprofits to make sure that the word gets out that your count, your number, you are important, right? Yes, that's right. Yes. The complete count committee members, they are the... Um, the um, web of our community. They are the ones who are working with the pop, especially the hard to count populations. And we really are emphasizing that with our committee members. Please, you know, make sure that your plan for outreach targets these communities. And many of the organizations already do work with, with these populations, the homeless, law and English or low English proficiency speakers, people of lower incomes, et cetera. So yes, I mean, that is the main thrust is working, making sure we target those people who benefit a lot from the funding. Everyone benefits, but these people have a special need. Let's talk a little bit about how this technically kind of works, because I'm a little curious. You track the address, and that's what you're looking for, right? Addresses. I mean, is that how you know to go back out into the community? You didn't get a response from, you know, 123 Main Street or whatever it is? So since 2010, we, uh, of course, and with every census that comes up, we're working with the uh, state as well as local governments to figure out, like, hey, where are the new homes, new businesses, new apartments, places like that. Last year between, um, what was it? I believe it was July and October of last year, that's when we had the address canvassing, which is basically going out from working with the government. We have a a finalized list where it's like, hey, these are the addresses. And for newer addresses, we had to send people out just to verify. But just mm-hmm. even from the technology aspect, 
for like, let's say the rural areas and stuff that were mountainous or something like that. Uh, we were even using like drones to just verify, oh, yep, there is a house we can see that working with the local government that wasn't there like 10 years ago. So yeah, that that wow. was part of part of making sure that, hey, all the addresses that we have on file is what the, you know, the local government, the, mm-hmm. the state government has on file as well. So that's how we're able to get like a estimation of how many people are, or at least households, not necessarily people, but right. how many households are in a given community uh, because that's where we're going to send those invitations to. So that's how we can kind of get a rough estimate Mm -hmm. because this is the thing, even though that's an estimate and we know that, hey, likely, and we've sent people out to verify someone was living at that household, they still won't be counted unless they complete the census. Right, because you really don't know how many people could be living in that household. Right. That's why it's just an estimate. And that's why... And talk about that because there there are some things that you need to do if you've got multi-generational families living in the same house in there. Yes. So the number one thing we want everyone to know is that their information is protected. Right. Under Title 13, we cannot release any information that identifies you, your organization, institution, or business. We cannot and will not release that information. Why is that so important? That's because we understand that some people may be thinking, oh, if I put... You know, what's truly, let's say I have, you know, working with the leasing manager or whoever else, whether it's government uh, or private, yeah, I have three people living here. But in fact, there's 10 people that are living in a household. Just realize for the Census Bureau, we want the numbers and we will not release that information. As a matter of fact, it's already protected by the federal government. Mm -hmm. But even businesses, they all know like, hey, we're going to pull this information. And yes, we may hear something. Guess what? You you will never hear that. Why? Because... Our thing is we need an accurate count. And again, I I circle back to it's about the resources. If there's, and again, that household that says supposedly has three, but it's 10, well, guess what? Bottom line, there's 10 people that's living in that household. That's 10 people that need resources in the community, whether they're using, at the very least, they're using the roads. Mm -hmm. They're going to the hospitals and stuff. And that's where it's important for elected officials to be able to say, oh, well, based on the numbers, maybe we need to add, you know, a renovation or update a school. Because if we have that growing population um, with, with, let's say, uh, you know, kids under five, which is right. historically our most underrepresented group, you know, they can use that information like, oh, well, guess what? Within 10 years, we're going to need to have either a new school or, or add on a new wing or something like that. So that's why it's so important. But that's why we want to make sure people all understand and they know that that information is protected. And it's one thing for, you know, me from the federal government saying it, but like working with Amy, working with the different complete count committees, finding those trusted voices mm-hmm. is making sure they understand because nine times out of 10, if they see it, they believe it, they understand it. They're not, they may not listen to Lee Osbury, but they may listen to the pastor. They may right. listen to the uh, community leader, uh, the trusted voice that's been in a community for 30, 40 years of public service. Like, oh, yeah, I know that person. If they're saying that, that I'm good, cool. Because the important thing is you've got to be counted. Yes, it, yes. It, you just, it, you, you've got to be counted because so much ultimately re- relies on an accurate count for every community out there. Correct. So – What's next? I mean, what can people start to expect as, as this is rolling out? So the first thing that's actually starting to happen um, ongoing right now, 
we're in the uh, advanced phase of our group quarters enumeration. Well, not the enumeration, but it's the advanced contact. So we're contacting, again, like the hospitals, the hotels, assisted living facilities, all these different places to figure out like, hey, based on what we have in the system, this place has been identified for group quarters enumeration. And so they will set up a time, date, and how, because there's five different ways that they'll be, that, that's a completely separate operation, but that's what's ongoing right now. For the continental United States, because also for Alaska, they're actually completing the enumeration process. So they were the, the first, and then it's just going to steadily roll. But what people can expect is uh, March the 12th, there will be an invitation that will come in the mail that will invite you to complete the census. There's going to be five different mailings. And like I said, on the fourth mailing, if you haven't responded yet by online or over the phone, then that's when you'll receive the paper copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you complete the paper copy, then you'll be good to go. Census day is April 1st. But like I said, the, the first thing that the majority of the United States can expect is to see that invitation coming in the mail, which would be, like I said, around mid-March there. All right. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, how... How can I make sure that everybody in my community is counted? I mean, what, what can, can some, how, do, how does somebody help out with this? Can they still, is there time, Amy? Well, there's, um, for example, with our complete count committee, we're asking um, the members to donate to space and time and like computers to have, allow the public to come in and, or their clients or who, whoever to come in and fill out the census and possibly we may have census staff to, to assist as well. And I could throw that out there, even if you're not a member of the committee, if you um, are an organization or an agency that has time or has space and could donate some computer cubbies for people to do that, to let, let, let us know here and we can promote that and, and get the word out. Cause I think that's the other key. You can promote the importance of the census, but you also need to have places for people to, you know, if they're coming to visit social services office for whatever routine business and there's a place there for them to do the census, well, they can just do it right there and knock that out. And then they don't have to worry about, you know, it's done. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would encourage people who, you know, even in a, in a church, any, any uh, community center, any type of place, if you um, serve um, a population you think could benefit from this, I would encourage that. All right. It, I'm sorry. I was okay. just going to mention, I can put your email address in the yes. show notes and people can feel free to contact you. Right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the one thing I was just going to add on that, like she said, any little small thing helps working mm-hmm. with different organizations. If you have a newsletter, posting information in the newsletter about like, hey, this is what to expect. This is the timeline. These are your different options. Like she said, that there's different organizations in the community that are going to open up their doors. In particular, like the libraries across the board, all the libraries they have different processes, so you have to work with, like, Charles County, and it's different, and Calvert County is different in St. Mary's. But for the most part, they all have a process in place saying, hey, we're going to open our doors for the census, and if people want to come in and be enumerated and stuff, we will have staff there. When it comes to census workers, actually myself, Quinn Kendall is also my uh, colleague out here in Southern Maryland and stuff. So as much as possible, we try to be at those locations. So not only offer support, but mm-hmm. if there's questions or like, hey, so is it really protected? Yes, let me let me break it down to you. It's just like, you know, when you talk to a lawyer, talk to a priest and stuff, that information is protected. Because sometimes people, they, they just want to be able to, to feel at ease. But one thing I, I wanted to touch on, just realize, because we, we understand some of that fear. Mm-hmm. Know that we will never ask for a social security number. 
We will never ask for banking information. We will never come to you on behalf of political party. We are nonpartisan and apolitical. We don't play politics. We just want numbers. If you see those things, those are red flags. Okay. We want you to call. And there is a number here. If you do have questions, it's 800-923-8282. If you're wanting to verify, like, hey, is this census person a worker? All of us, we will have a badge with a watermark with an expiration date, and it has the U.S. Department of Commerce um, as far as the watermark. So if you don't see those things or you're just like, hey, I, I see those things, but I'm still like kind of hesitant, mm-hmm. call that number, and, and we will verify, like, yes, they're in your neighborhood. Yes, this person is legit. But yes, but the bottom line, we want to make sure everyone knows like, hey, that information is safe and secure. And we understand that those concerns are, are out there. Yeah. And I think that's worth reiterating again. I mean, you, the census workers and people going out to do counts will be badged. Yes. They'll never ask for a social security number, never ask for any banking number. So if people hear that and see that going on, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I say. The number. Call eight, the number. Yep, 800-923-8282. One other thing I'd just like to touch on. So all the operations for the 2020 census for Southern Maryland is going to come out of the Hanover ACO, which is what they call the area census office. So they're kind of like the hub for all things when it comes to jobs, which I just realized we didn't even talk about jobs yet. (laughs) But when we're talking about jobs, when we're talking about the ground operations for group quarters, when it comes to like, hey, yeah, I, I, I want to verify or, or I, I just want general information about the census. That's through the area census office in Hanover. Their number is 410-689-6400. Their manager is uh, Mr. Johnny Jerome Carter. And again, when it comes to anything like, hey, if you have any questions about census operations, mm-hmm. realize that while people that work for the Census Bureau and like we're trying to get people that live in a community to work in that same community, mm-hmm. the headquarters for this operation is coming out of the Hanover office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have any questions about anything regarding that, then definitely contact them. And Amy, she put our information out there. I'll provide my information as well. We're all looking at, hey, how can we collaborate? Because my biggest thing is, you know, with the military background, Team is it's a team effort. It's not just the federal government. It's not just the local government or the state, uh, which Maryland is doing a, a bang up job. You just look around at different counties. I'm telling you, it's electrifying what what you will see, what each county is doing. But it's a team effort. It's going to take all of us working together to make sure we have that complete and accurate count. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's not an easy thing to count people. It's not like you just, everybody stand out by their mailbox one day and somebody drives by and go one, two, three. It's a really complicated, very involved task. And to do that, you guys need help, don't you? We do. We definitely need a lot of help. So we are hiring and we encourage people to look on 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. Now, the good part for Charles County, they're at a hundred percent as far as their pool, but this is the thing. Don't, don't let that deter you. Even though we're at 100%, we want people to keep going into the pool. Why? Because same thing, just like it's an estimation of how many people we have to count, it's the Mm -hmm. estimation of how many people that we have to hire to complete all the ground operations. So we encourage everyone to still, if you're looking for temporary, long-term, permanent job, you know, like a full eight hours, or if you're looking for a part-time, like we're very flexible as far as the hours, we're flexible as far as the pay, 
and primarily we try to hire people, like I said, that live in the community to work in that same community. So for the most part, like I said, I live in Huntington and I work primarily in Southern Maryland. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to keep people as close as home as possible. Email address, uh, social security number, 18 years old. Those are your requirements there. Oh, wow. Now, is it better if you have your means of transportation? Of course. Yeah. If you're trying to go up for like, because we have supervisory and managerial positions, well, yeah, it's probably better if you have high school diploma or a bachelor's if you're going for one of those positions. But your minimal requirements, you know, basically anyone can apply. And we encourage people, please, please, please apply. Because until this operation, like you said, this this is a this is the largest peacetime mobilization of the federal government to complete the census every 10 years. And the bottom line is that it takes all of us working together to, to make sure that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll put the website and, and some of that information in the show notes. But one of the things that I wanted to kind of kind of go back to is we do this every 10 years. What's the, re, what's the response rate? I mean, how many people, because you mentioned that, that you, you expect not 100% count. What is a good count? So what we try to encourage people for each community beat your uh, last response rate. And so like for uh, Charles County specifically, so in 2000, the response rate, the final response rate was 77%. In 2010, it was 78%. Let's so try to get this to 80. we need to get to 80. Yeah, <laughs> let, that's the whole thing. It's like, hey, let's aim for 80. Let's, let's go beyond that and stuff. And so it's going to vary, but that's the thing. Like, just kind of as a motivation as a county, you can challenge another county, whether that's Southern Maryland or like, hey, we're going to go way over to the uh, West Coast and challenge like, hey, well, we're about the same population, we're about the same demographics, and we're going to try to get to 80% before they do. Right. Uh, those are just little small things that we can kind of do within the county to, to help. But that's that's always the goal. Like, hey, we want to try to always go up. Right. Because, but realize that even if you go down, that may be a sign. I can tell you right now, just last year, you know, traveling across the United States and stuff, I've been to some areas and guess what? The population has declined. Mm-hmm. We want to have it accurate, you know? And, and so if people have left, you know, when it comes to that apportionment thing, then yeah, that, that kind of sucks. But the bottom line is, is more important to have an accurate picture because when it comes to those elected officials and those leaders in those communities, they need to have the resources and the businesses need to be able to look at, oh, okay, this is how our demographics are changing. So we need to use this in shaping uh, decisions of the future for, for how we're going to kind of move forward and stuff. So uh, to answer your question, the bottom line is it, always like, hey, let's try to beat what we had before. In, in 2010, it was 78. Let's try to get to 80. Let's try to go even beyond 80 uh, for what we're wanting to do for uh, Charles County. Yeah, because getting everybody counted means we get a little bit bigger piece of the pie. That's correct. And, yeah, and that's a good thing for all of us. That's awesome. So, Lee, thank you so much. Amy, thank you so much. And I will put your information into the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to, to see how they could assist or they have any questions, it'll be right there for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find more great podcasts online at charlescountymd.gov slash podcast. Like this episode and head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can be found under Charles County Government.